What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. Hey, I'd like you to turn to um, um, Proverbs twenty-one, thirteen. I. How many of you guys have seen just by raising of your hand? We played the video last week. I think of it, the Sound of Freedom movie. How many of you seen that? Just raise your hand. Okay, great. Um, if if you haven't seen it, um, I encourage you to go see it. Um, and and not only that, but. Really spend some time before you go in asking God to prepare your heart. You know, it's, you know I came in and, and we, I apologize. Words weren't on the screen for worship, right? And it's just like, you know, as a pastor, it's frustrating, right? It's not Jeremy's fault. Jeremy, it's not your fault, bro. We know something's wrong back there, and we're trying to fix it. So we pray in the name of Jesus. But you want things to go smooth, you know? And you expect things, okay, when we turn it on. Like, I almost ran out of gas today. I'm driving and talking to my daughter and on the way down, and I look down, I got five, five miles left in the tank. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm not going to make it. So I had to pull off, get gas, and so for those of you who are judging me for walking in late, don't do that. (laughs) Judge me for the lack of discernment the day before of having gas in the car, okay? But not for being late for, anyway. So so you get frustrated about things that should should just kind of work, right? But if our hearts were right before the service and we come in, God, I'm just going to close my eyes because there's no words. And I just want to pray these words back to you as Darren sings with his lovely voice. Help me not to be annoyed. Help me not to be frustrated. Help me not to, right? Yeah, yeah. Why am I saying this? Because I didn't do that. And there was a conviction. church can't figure out parking they can't figure out the the words on the screen they got flags out there finally after 10 years how do you guys like those flags hey that's cool it only took 10 years and if you found this place congratulations no signs you know what i mean so you know why because marketing if you're a fat sheep People are going to say, hey, where are you eating? That's, that's our marketing, by the way. It's always been that. All right, where did I tell you to turn? Proverbs 21. I want you to, 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 to read this with me. It says, whoever closes, 21 verse 13, whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. There's many people who have just closed their ears to the poor. Not only that, but also churches. 
If you're here and you're visiting, one of the things when you find a church, hey, how much of your budget goes to the poor? It's a good question. Also, with the porn stats, you should probably ask the pastor, hey, are you struggling with porn? Because I've read 50% of pastors struggle with porn. Don't be afraid to ask him that. Because if he's not free, he can't call you into freedom. Help me, God. God called an audible this morning. We're supposed to be in Song of Songs 5, but as I took my family to go see that movie, Sound of Freedom, after the movie, all the way to the car, my wife was in tears and she was crying. We were sitting next to Bobby and Janie, and it was just like after the movie, it's like we don't even want to say goodbye. It was awkward. Usually it's like, oh, what a great movie. No, man, crush, 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 crush us, God. And when I saw that little girl in the jungles, bought by that guy that was the scorpion drug dealer, rebel, And that little girl with the long brown hair, who's probably nine years old, about to be raped by this grown man, tears coming out of her face. I saw my daughter Riley when she was that age. You see people that lose their children to drunk driving. And then when that happens to them, all of a sudden they're joining MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, and getting involved. Why is that? Because it touches your home. Most Christians... have closed their ears to the cry of the poor. God forbid something touches your home so you can get involved. Jeremy, go ahead and put up the... There is a celebration going on in the body of Christ where the Sound of Freedom moving is, movie is outperforming Indiana Jones, and that's phenomenal. We do celebrate that. But as I look at this picture, and I was just sitting and looking at it, the realization is this. And this is why my... If you see where it says Indiana Jones, if we get rid of Indiana Jones there... I would write above that Christians who are going to do something about it. 
We are in an age where we have keyboard activists, where we raise awareness and we post something on Facebook like we did something. The, the thing that blows my mind, right? We've been working in the inner city for 25 years. Then you had George Floyd, you had all this stuff. And guess what? Did we have an overabundance of volunteers that we were turning away? No, it was actually a downtick. Why? Because we have a younger generation that thinks they can tweet, they can post, they can put up a black square like they did something. You're not doing anything. And the reality is we don't care as a church. And the sooner we acknowledge that, the better off we're going to be. Well, Chris, how can you say that? Let me ask you a question. Where, where, if I looked at your finances, how much are you giving to the poor? Consistently. If I looked at your time, how much are you serving? Do you know, you know, we've got hundreds of kids here at Urban Youth Impact that are waiting for a mentor. But nobody has time. She's too busy. She's too busy. And here's the reality, church. It's not, it, we're not too busy. We're just not doing Matthew 6.33 where we seek the kingdom first. We seek our kingdom, we believe in Jesus' kingdom, and we've prayed this prayer, and we go to church, but we're not seeking the kingdom first. Let's not be fake. So we're going to have a bunch of Christians that go see that, that will even cry after the movie and be broken. But how many people on the right are going to sign up to say, God, here I am. Send me. I'll go. Jesus said, greater love has no one than this. than he lays down his life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command you to do. There are 400 references to the poor in the Bible. James 1.27 says, pure religion is widows and orphans. And let me just say, your religion, Christian, is not pure unless you're doing something with the widow, the fatherless, and the orphans. There should be a cause that you are passionate about. And it may be stopping child sex trafficking. It may be that. It may be you go to Haiti. And you get involved there. Because in Haiti, there's 300 Restaviks. Do you know what a Restavik is? 300,000 Restaviks, excuse me. A Restavik is a child that a parent can't afford to take care of. So they'll give that child up to another family that has money so that the child can eat. That child doesn't go to school, but is human trafficking labor. It's not slavery, but it's called rest of it. That's what's going on in Haiti, 45-minute plane right away. Who's going to do something about that? I want you to turn to Job 1, please. 
So again, we're, we're usually going through Song of Songs, and, and, and uh, some of you dudes that are ready for war, look, I got my camos on today. So whenever I walk up here in camos, you know you better be ready. It's time for war. We're switching up the love thing today. I called an audible. God called an audible, more importantly, because he wants to speak to things that are going on in our world today that are unacceptable. They're unacceptable. And I want you to understand something as well. I'm wearing this shirt today where you see this lion and then you see this elephant, which represents the Republican Party, and then you see this donkey that represents the Democrat Party. I want you to understand my philosophy is the kingdom of God over everything. And do not say, Chris, you're getting political. Listen, Jesus was political, and he got involved politically. Well, what do you mean, Chris? Do you understand that the Pharisees and the Sadducees were the political ruling class in Jesus' time? They even had the authority, and you can do your own research, they had their own armed guards. That's why, hey, Pilate, can you put guards at the tomb? And Pilate, Rome, was in charge. He said, you have your own guards. They had the ability to hand Jesus into the Roman government's charge saying, we want this guy dead. That's called political power. And because Christians have been so watered down with topical teachings, they do not know the word of God. Jesus was very political. He spoke to corruption. John the Baptist was political. He spoke to corruption. He got his head cut off. Elijah spoke to power with King Ahab. And he was chased down. And and, and, and was hunted down like an animal. The Bible is very political, and there's three institutions in the Bible that God set up. Number one, it's the family. That's the first thing that he set up, the family. And then there's also government in the Bible. God speaks to government. And the third thing is the church. Those are the three institutions. Let me tell you something. I have been under deception Because I was raised in a church culture that taught me Jesus was not political. And I just took that as if it was true. God's brought me out of that deception. Think about this. How would the enemy work? You can speak on the family. You can speak on the church. But the third institution, the the government, we don't want you talking about that. And you're going to see the results today of us being silent about that and being ignorant of theology and doctrine. And I'm trying to raise you up. Because my kingdom, my kingdom beliefs, what the word of God said, should influence my voting. Here's the reality. Some of us are more aligned in allegiance to the party than we are to the kingdom of God. So again, we push back the darkness in Jesus' name. We bring people, Jesus, bring them out of deception in Jesus' name. I want you to look at Job. To give you context, Job chapter 1. 
Here's what it says, verse one. It says, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and the man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. Job was a righteous man. What does it mean to be a righteous man? What does it mean to be a righteous word? Look at this. Blameless, upright, feared God, and turned away from evil. I want you to go down to verse 8 of Job chapter 1. I want you to see God declaring over Job. This is God's evaluation of Job. And he says to Satan in 8, Have you considered my servant Job? Do you know God's considering your life? And do you know Satan's considering your life? He's prowling around. First Peter 5.8, it says, The enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone whom he may devour. So the enemy's evaluating your life. The seven sons of Skeena tried to cast out demons, and they're like, Jesus we know, the apostle Paul we know, but the demon says, who are you? You're being evaluated in real time right now by Satan, but also by the Lord. Which one should you be concerned about? The Lord. Search me, O God. Know my heart. See if there's any wicked way. Please, Lord, please have mercy. So God says, have you considered my servant Job, verse 8, that there's none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man. Oh, boy. Highlight that in your Bible. God, make me like that. Uh, A blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. God is saying this over, there's nobody like him. And let me tell you, if we raise up a generation on our church that walks in, that, that is a rare breed in our day and time. How do I know that? Because a study was done on Christian men who are in college and also involved in ministry. And 89% of them struggle with porn. Around 60% of them were on porn once a week. And around 50%, these are Christian men in Christian colleges that are involved in ministry. Over 50% said, I'm addicted to porn. That, listen, listen, fears God turns away from evil. This is what we're called to do and be. We've got to be a church that's about that life. I want you to go to Job 29, please. So the reason why I had you go to chapter one is because I want you to see what a righteous person looks like, a righteous Christian looks like. Is it your pattern that you are praying, God, make me blameless, make me like you. Give me the kind of heart that turns away from evil. Help me to be upright in all that I do. Please, God, I want to be a pure vessel for you. Is that your cry? So not only... Is that the kind of person Job was? But, but look at Job 29, 11 through 17. And in my Bible, it's all highlighted. Why? Because we can talk about upright, fearing God. Fe- you know what I mean? We can talk about that. But what does that actually look like? And we get a glimpse into what Job did. It's not what Job believed. It's how Job lived as a righteous man. So let's look at Job 29, 11. When I heard... Why do we why do I have you go to Proverbs first? Because many people don't even hear. They've closed their ears. 
See, true believers, oh God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What can I die for, God? If you haven't found something that you're dying for, you're not really living. That was a quote. I don't know who did it. But if it's good, it came from God. So let's give him the glory. When I heard, when I heard, and when the eye saw, it approved. Verse 12. Why? Why was there approval? Why did God say, I have nobody like this guy? Verse 12, because I delivered the poor who cried for help. That means he was listening. And the fatherlessness, the fatherless who had none to help him. Do you know sex traffickers target fatherless children? They specifically target those. Why? Because the man is not in the home where God has ordained him to be. The fatherless. Do you know biblically the Hebrew context of an orphan is someone without a father, but still has a mother? That's how the Hebrews saw it. If there was no dad in the home, even though mom was there, that's still an orphan. That's how important the male is. Verse 13. The blessing of him who was about to perish came upon me, and I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. Hey, guys, listen, let me tell you something. Urban Youth Impact for 25 years has been causing the widow's heart to sing for joy. To sing for joy. We're not like other ministries where we drop the kids off at the end of the block and they can walk home. Why? Because when I moved into Tamron, from my front door on 1100 Adams Street where I lived, there was 46 registered sexual predators within one mile radius from my front door. 46 registered sexual predators. And so us, as an organization, we spend a lot of money on transportation. Why do you guys have so many vans? Here's why. Because we are not going to drop kids off and say, walk home. We're going to drop them off at the door, and we're going to wait till they go in. Why? Help me, God. What? Guys, listen. God, he's passionate about this stuff. Sir Edmund Burke said this, the only thing that has to happen for evil to prevail is for good men and women to do nothing. And listen, 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 no one without Christ is good. But all of a sudden, if you're born again, the goodness of God is inside of you and you are good. But the good people, they don't do anything because their ears are they're closed. They're not saying kingdom first. Every year at Urban Youth, we're like, are we going to meet our budget? Are we going to meet our budget? That is sickening. That is sickening. You know why? Because of the affluence, we should have way more than enough. But 
people close their ears. They, they just made the widow's heart sing for joy. Can you say that, Christian? Can you say that? Some of you don't like this message, and you think I'm too extra. I would encourage you to pray right now and ask the Holy Spirit to give you the strength to endure. This is hard, and it's not going to stop. It's going to continue to be hard till I'm done. Why? Because if judgment's going to start, where does it start? In the house. Last week, hey, can, who can help out with junior high kids? Hey, who can help out with children's church? Why am I asking again? Thank you. And a lot of times in the church, we're more concerned about where we're going for lunch than we are about what's happening in the local body. Verse 14, I put on righteousness and it clothed me and my justice was like a robe and a turban. Think about that. We have to be about justice, guys. God is about justice. We have to be about justice. I was eyes to the blind, feet to the lame. Verse 16, I was a father to the needy and I searched out the cause of him whom I did not know. Understand this, when we train our staff at Urban Youth Impact, this is what we tell them. When a, when a kid says, hey, you're like a father to me, hey, you're like a mom to me, guess what? We have succeeded from the standpoint, they understand it's about love, it's not about a program. Programs don't change people. People change people. And when they see that you love them, that you're willing to lay down your life for them, all of a sudden everything changes. And now you have the opportunity, because they're convinced of love, to equip and empower them. Before they're convinced of love, they don't want to hear you. Verse 16, I searched out the cause of him who I did not know. You cannot say I didn't know about that. Write this down if you're taking note. Matthew chapter 25. You're in serious trouble with Jesus at the end of the age when you say to him, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you thirsty? When did we see you in prison? When did we see you naked? You know what? (laughs) Read it at your own time. You cannot, there is no Christian alive that can say, I did not know. Because a righteous person searches out the cause of him who I did not know. They're always asking, they're always seeking, they're always knocking. Is it homeless? Is it women who who are coming out of prostitution? Is it this? Is it that, God? What is it? What have you created and called me to do? What is it, God? I searched out the thing that I did not know. Verse 17, oh, I love this one. This one's highlighted, highlighted. I want this to be your memory verse. Please. I broke the fangs. 
and I made him drop his prey from his teeth. Again, 1 Peter 5.8, the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking who may be devoured. Do you know how many people the enemy's walking around with? And, 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 and he's holding prey in his mouth. And, and God is wanting today to raise up a generation that says, hey, let it go. That's the sound of freedom, by the way. That smack, that smack up the head of the enemy, the smack up the head of the evil, right? Where we let them drop their prey. Like Chris, I, I don't I don't really have anything. I, I don't I haven't been to college. I, I haven't been listen, 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 listen. You have the Holy Spirit, Christian. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is within you. And again, we've said this before. God doesn't call the qualify. He equips those he calls. He equips those he calls. As you go, he will equip you. Listen, Samson was in a field, and there's people chasing him. And he looked around. I don't have anything to fight with. Oh, man, there's a jawbone of a donkey. Let me just pick that up. And he picked the jawbone of a donkey up, and he killed a 1,000 people. This is who our God is. Moses, he had a staff. What do you have? You have the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. You have the Word of God. In... And you have people here in this fellowship that are warriors that are going to teach you how to die so that you can live. They're going to teach you how to rescue. They're going to raise you up so that you can see people get free. I'm reminded of the Good Samaritan story. Two religious people, they walked around. Guys lying dead in the streets, they walked around. But then the Good Samaritan comes. So if we just look statistically, here's the deal, guys. Two out of three people are going to walk around and close their ear to the cry of the poor. Let that not be you. Let that not be you. I'm not saying today you've got to get involved in Urban Youth Impact. I'm not saying today you need to get involved with sex trafficking and, and, the, and the, the ending of that. I'm not telling you what you need to do, but I will tell you this. If you do not do something that is, that is causing the enemy to drop its prey, where there's the widow, the orphan, the hurting, the abused, the neglected, and you're not bringing healing. You're not bringing restoration. I just, I... Let me just stop right here and let's pray. We're not done, by the way. God, we confess our apathy. Just confess that to Jesus. We confess that, Jesus. We confess our complacency. And we ask that you would just forgive us. We haven't been passionate for the things that you are passionate about, which is rescuing people. Saving the lost, bringing healing to the blind. Forgive us, Lord. Open up our ears so we hear. We hear. And give us the grace so that we obey. And we say, yes, Lord, here's my life. Make me like you. 
Make me like you, Jesus. Have mercy on us, God. Have mercy on your church. May she rise up into the privilege and the position of which you've called her to, Jesus. Because you have said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. We haven't knocked down the gates of hell. And so forgive us for that, Jesus. That's what you want. And so today we just say, yes, Lord, raise us up so that we begin to tear down the gates of hell. Help us, God, to engage in this war, in this battle. In Jesus' name, amen. Jeremy, if you can play the uh, Prager U video, please. In the United States, we are the number one demand for child sex. Once you understand that, you got to be very careful when creating policies about children coming into our country. You are one of the leaders in this country of fighting childhood sexual abuse. Tell me a little bit about what you do. There's more people today enslaved than ever before in the history of the world. About six million children are, according to the Department of Energy, forced into either sex, labor, or organ harvesting. I spent a couple days on the southern border to see firsthand what was going on. What I saw was shocking. When we look at this open border, we look at people pouring in. Whatever you think about it, this is sex trafficking. This is childhood trafficking in its purest form right here in our country. We know that thousands of these kids are under five years old. Under five years old. So what are they doing showing up unaccompanied? Well, I can tell you because I've been there. It's all rebel territory. No one goes in. Not the army, not the police, not us. What if this was your daughter? They simply take a child. It's easy to kidnap a child in Central America. Very little enforcement. Pretty easy to do. They take that child. They'll just put a name in their pocket of sponsor. Sponsor Joe Smith. And they come across and by law, because these children have to be released within a day or two. All they do is, oh, there's a sponsor. Call the number. Your name is associated with him. Oh, yeah, here's the address. Our taxpayer dollars will then put that kid on a bus and finalize the last leg of what I would call a human trafficking conspiracy. We just heard recently in the Senate Finance Committee from Secretary B-E-C-E-R-A-A. I don't want to say his name because I, I might mess it up. Becerra. But this administration is unaware of the fact that Homeland Security has lost track of over 85,000 unaccompanied, unaccompanied migrant children who were released into the United States, 85,000. And that's just what they're reporting. And understand the numbers concerning this. That's what they're reporting, meaning we're, we're acknowledging that. Let me just tell you, it's probably more. See, when something good happens, we add a little juice to it, don't we? But when something bad happens, we try to understand what's happening. Eighty-five thousand, and see, because of politics and the border, 
and you are called a racist because you like, no, we should probably have a border. The cartels are trafficking children across our border right now, and kids are being raped and molested and sold. And what was politics, open borders, has, has really enhanced the cartel. And we, as a nation, have been complicit in that, and it doesn't matter what side of the aisle. Listen, I'm kingdom, and when we look at kingdom, we see Nehemiah had a wall, right? But we also see in Revelation, there's a, there's a big wall coming. And there is a really hard immigration policy, by the way, where the dogs are going to be outside, the cowards are going to be outside. The sexual and moral are going to be outside. They're not getting in because there's one way in. John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. There's one way in. And so understand that's what's coming. But yet we as a nation, we feel like we're nicer than God. This country was made of immigrants coming. So we're not against that. But they came in a way that was legal. And this, this is some of the, the, the garbage rhetoric I see as well. It's bad doctrine, bad theology. Joseph and Mary were immigrants. Yeah, no, they weren't. They obeyed the law and they, they registered to pay taxes with Caesar. They were law-abiding to pay taxes. And then they escaped to Egypt. Understand, these are righteous people. They're not going to come in illegally. And the hypocrisy of the left, which isn't saying, I want, I want everybody coming across to stay in my house, No, we want to use taxpayers' money to fix it, but not my own house. Chris, you're getting political. Yeah, I know. I know. Jeremy, the healing book, please. Do you know that in America, only 7% of churches have a program that helps people get free from pornography? Only 7%. Do you know the statistics? Over 70% of men are dealing with pornography. Over 30, 37% of women and 50% of pastors are dealing with pornography from addiction to it's a struggle. But yet only 7% of churches in America have something to combat that. You know what that is? It's, it's closing your ear to the cry of the poor. And it's not being willing to stand and say, hey, hey, you know what? I'm going to become proficient in getting guys free from pornography. Here I am, send me. I'm going to build a wall like Nehemiah of men that are ready to die for the men coming in so that these young men walk in freedom. We have a church that is asleep, the church that is not trained. I encourage you, go buy this book and read it. We're not giving that book away as a church.
Why, why do I bring that up? I want you to listen to this Wall Street Journal article. I'm going to read it. Current and former meta employees who have worked on Instagram child safety initiatives estimate the number of accounts that exist primarily to follow such content is in the high hundreds of thousands, if not millions. A Meta spokesperson said the company actively seeks to remove such users, taking down 490,000 accounts for violating its child safety policies in January alone. The Gram, in January alone, took down 490,000 child sex accounts, just January. Listen, this sex trafficking, this pedophilia, understand that pornography leads to pedophilia. And some of you young men and young women that are just kind of playing with that, you don't realize where it can take you. Sin will take you farther than you thought you would go. This is a problem. I want you to turn to Genesis 6, please. While you're turning to Genesis 6, I'm going to quote Matthew chapter 24 because I believe we are in the end times. I referenced Joel chapter 3 a few weeks ago talking about it was prophesied thousands of years ago that in the last days, boys and girls would be sold as prostitutes. We are in the last days now. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 37, it says, he says this, speaking of the last days, for as it were in the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. So when Jesus comes back, it's going to be like it was in the days of Noah. How was that in the days of Noah? Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. The Lord saw the wickedness of man, that it was great on the earth. And that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was continually on evil. Highlight that. Every intention and the thoughts of his heart was, on, was only evil continually. The intention and the thoughts of evil continually? Yeah, what does that mean? That means this. That porn addiction that you keep getting drawn to with your phone, my thoughts are going, when's the next time I can view? When's the next time I can please myself? When's the next time? And thoughts are continually there. And as that begins to grow, it turns into pedophilia. That's why this stuff's on the rise. And instead of stopping it at our border... We are now number one as a nation in the world because of those policies and child human trafficking. And you say to me, Chris, don't get political. No, I'm going to get political when it comes to children because politics matters, policies matter. Amen. 
Jeremy, put up CNN. This is good news. And some of you believe the rhetoric. If a mom doesn't want a child, wouldn't it be better if they just aborted it? Listen, I know a mom who had a young boy that was two years old, got pregnant out of wedlock because she didn't know Jesus, had an abortion, but then years later came to Christ and got saved. The son got saved. And, and, and guess what? The child probably would have got saved, but it never had the chance to get saved because it was killed in the womb killed in the womb. Abortion is worse than slavery because a slave can escape and a slave can be freed. Here is CNN. I don't listen to them a lot. But they're saying 10,000 more births. Why? Because Roe v. Wade went down. And some of you some of you, let me, Jeremy, go ahead and play that, uh, that, that Instagram clip of me. Some of you remember this, but you got offended. So I want you to understand again. something. In my heart, I was praising God yesterday because it was the one-year anniversary of Roe v. Wade. Being turned down, overthrown. Do you know how many Christians for over 50 years were praying and fasting and seeking God's face? Please, God, in this American holocaust where there's over 60 million babies, blood crying out from the ground because we are destroying in the womb children that you have created. And I want you to listen to me without getting offended. This is why I prayed like I prayed. After fasting and praying and asking God to move, God raised up a guy named Donald J. Trump. See, you don't know what to do because God's offensive. Look, I know a lot of people don't like him. I'm not saying whether to like him or not. God raised up Caesar. God raised up uh, uh, Cyrus in Isaiah 45. God can raise up who he wants to raise up. It doesn't mean that that's God's man, but that could be God's vessel without that being God's man. And so we have to understand the sovereignty of God that said, I'm going to use this guy that is so offensive, that is so brash, that is so brazen, and I'm going to answer my people's cries. So he's going to put up three conservative Supreme Court justices that will turn down the great evil in our nation, the American Holocaust. Don't ever look down on Germany, America, because we've done far worse. We've got our own Holocaust. And those of you who hate Date Donald, you need to just repent and thank God for him. I know I was yesterday. So listen, that's offensive and that's okay. Don't miss what happened in our country. And Chris, you're getting political again. Listen, listen, it's not political. Aborting babies who are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image and the likeness of God, killing them in the womb is not a political issue. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and I set you apart. Ephesians chapter 1, you were chosen before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in Christ. Abortion is not a political issue. And listen, because I love black folks, I'm against abortion. Why do you say that, Chris? You know the number one cause of death in America for the black people is abortion. It's abortion. It's genocide that's happening. 12% of the population, 40% of abortions. 
Why? 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 Why is Planned Parenthood in the hood? Why? And so, Chris, you're getting political. Yeah, you're right, I'm getting political. Because we have people sleeping and under deception. And God needs to raise people up that say, no, I will speak to this injustice. And by the way, my wife put that little post on Facebook, not one like. It's called shadow banning. Why? Facebook is evil. And by the way, follow us on Instagram. The very place I told you that was shut down with 490,000 pedophile sites in January. We're on it. We're on Instagram. We got like six followers. Because we've never done that kind of stuff before. See, in 2016, when this wasn't even a building, we were planting a church. Well, our church was, it, it, was, it was growing, but we were upstairs in a, in a little room that holds about 90 people. And, and I spoke on the election. I said, it's not about the, the donkey or the elephant. It's about the lamb. It's about the lion of the tribe of Judah. But I exposed... Margaret Sanger, I exposed abortion, I exposed, and I said, this is the one issue that I'm concerned about, and so we know what this person's going to vote for, but if this person gets voted in, there could be Supreme Court justices that get put on the Supreme Court, and we could end Roe v. Wade. Do you know how many people left our church? Oh, I can't believe you would be for Donald J. Trump. I didn't say Donald J. Trump. I just said, this person loves Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood and is pro-baby killing. This person, we don't know what happened. What happened? See, nobody realizes that was the Holy Spirit prophesying through a donkey like me, by the way. Because it did happen, it did end. You got to check your heart, make sure you're not hating God. Next one, Jeremy. For so long, keep your religion out of our schools. Keep your religion out of our public places. You're indoctrinating our children. And now where are we? Because the church has been kicked out and silenced down. There's a greater religion right there that's coming on our kids. And if you want to know where that religion starts and why it's there, you just go read Romans chapter 1. We don't have time today. Read Romans chapter 1. Jeremy, go ahead and put up New Jersey statistics. Do you guys remember how there was a a governor that was taking a lot of heat for the don't say gay bill? Which, by, by the way, was propaganda that wasn't true. The bill was set up for those who actually read it, instead of listening to fake news, for those that read it was, don't talk to our kids about this stuff. Keep it out of elementary school. They don't need to be knowing about sex at a young age. Please don't, talk, please don't teach this stuff. In New Jersey, there's a different governor who said, hey, we're going to teach that stuff. And look at the stats right here. There's a spirit of confusion, a 4,000% spike in the precious children who are actually confused because they're being indoctrinated by evil. 
by evil. Chris, you're, you're, you're so political today. Yeah, I'm biblical because Jesus said, Genesis 1.27 says, God created man in his own image and in the image of God he created him, male and female. That's Genesis. A few thousand years later, Jesus says this and he affirms the Genesis account in Matthew 19.4. He says, have you not read who created them from the beginning, made them male and female? Jesus affirms the creation account that there's two genders and so leave our kids alone. They need to leave our kids alone. And we've got to be a church that fights against this stuff. No, Chris, are you getting political? No, I am obeying the Bible. And when you believe in a philosophy that Jesus never got political, he never spoke to evil, he never spoke to what was going on in society, you're not reading your Bible, you're not following Jesus, and you don't understand what he did and how he rolled. And when you vote, you better vote the Bible. That's all I'm saying. You better vote the Bible. I want you to read this statistic here. Again, if you were a few years ago for the border, you were being called a racist. And let me just say, you're not a racist if you want people to come into the country legally. But here's the results. The State Department believes that anywhere from 14,500 and 17,500 people are victims of human trafficking within the U.S. every year, 72% of whom are immigrants. So we're trying to make people come in illegally and talking about that. Oh, you don't love the immigrants, but wait, 72% of those being sex trafficked are immigrants. Who's the one that actually loves Human trafficking is the second fastest growing criminal industry in the United States. Trafficking victims are used against their will for a variety of reasons. Among them, forced labor, sexual exploitation, crime, and marriage. In the fiscal year 2022, arrests for human trafficking increased by 50%. 50% in 2022. 50% because of policies that are ungodly. Convictions skyrocketed by 80%. 80%. Girls and women are particular risk of human trafficking for sex and prostitution. Females account for 94% of victims of sex trafficking. 94%. And they want to tell me that I don't love women because I love the babies inside of women. But yet I'm the one that's trying to preach today. Hey, no, we love women. 94% are women. Do we care? Do we care? Two out of every three child trafficking victims worldwide are also girls. And 13 years old is the average age at which a child is sold for sex. And that is, it's just heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, guys. God set up three institutions, the church, the family, government. The Bible speaks to them all. And we've got to speak to them all. Biblically, I just addressed Roe versus Wade with some verses. 
Biblically, I just addressed the border. Biblically, I just addressed the binary stuff, which is causing confusion in our children. These are all policies that are coming down and affecting our kids. And if you're on the wrong side of that, I just, I just want to lovingly warn you, you need to be in your Bible. And I've got to have the Bible inform how I think and how I feel about these subjects. So when I came out of the movie, as my wife's crying, I wasn't that emotional. But I just let her cry. For me, I said, okay, God, what do you want me to do concerning this? Do you want me to quit my job and go into, job and go into the jungles of uh, Colombia? Or down to Mexico at the border? What do you want me to do, God? Jimmy, go ahead and put that book back up. This is what the Lord confirmed for me to do. This sex trafficking stuff, it has an origin of pornography. And we've got to build something in our church that attacks that so that sin doesn't fester and grow. I've given this book to five men in this congregation. And let me just say, those of you who know who they are, now is the time. Now is the time. It is time to go to war, to strike the enemy in the jaw so that the prey is freed. And we're free. We're free. We're a free people. I was addicted to porn and self-pleasure 20 plus years ago. Multiple times a day, I would view it. Strip clubs, prostitutes. I got prostitutes because of my addiction. It led me places. I was a filthy human being, completely perverted. But I stand here today because I was with a group of men that were doing ministry with me at Urban Youth Impact. And we began meeting weekly and holding one another accountable. We had mentors in our life that spoke to us. And all of a sudden, we began to come, we, we became free. And I was able to say to my bride on our wedding night, hey, listen, I'm, I'm just a dirtbag, but Jesus has redeemed me. And I haven't looked at porn for a whole year, and I haven't given in to self-pleasure for a whole year, and I don't have much to give you because I've got a really bad past, but I can give you that purity for a whole year. And let me just say, I stand to you today over 20 years later, and I still have not been on porn, and I, and I still no self-pleasure going on. Guys, we don't, we don't have time to be, be play nice little church stuff. We're at war. We're at war. We're at war. And the power of the gospel can change a pervert like me, can change a, a pedophile, can change whatever. God is no respecter of persons. If he's done it in me, he can do it in you. And we're going to raise up a church with many testimonies. Yeah, I've been free for five years. Yeah, I've been free for eight years. Yeah, and that's why I can teach this, because I'm not a hypocrite. And there's a sloppy grace in the church. We're called to be righteous and holy and blameless and above reproach. And that's what God wants to do. 
Why? Because you can't have hooks from the enemy in you and bring people into freedom if you yourself are not free. And so, listen, this is a healing church here. You can get free. You can get free. Worship team, come on up. Prayer partners, we're down up front here. Um, While we worship and while we sing, man, just quiet your heart before the Lord. Holy Spirit, help us to focus on you. Lord, I know that this was a hard message. I know that, that... Different paradigms and different things are shaken right now. But Jesus, your gospel, your gospel, you came to save a wretch like me. But you didn't stay on that cross. You were buried in three days. You rose again and you are alive right now. And you want each and every one of us to be about your kingdom first. And so I pray for a revival in this church that we would be about the poor, that we would be about the kingdom first, that we would lay our lives down so that you are glorified, God. And help us not to get caught up in the nonsense of political stuff, but to be focused on your kingdom and your kingdom values and the word of God, the word of God, which is the truth. So God, raise up a generation. Raise up a generation that's going to strike the enemy in the face so that people can become free. And no longer pray. Come and have your way, Lord Jesus. Help us to sing to you today with a passion and with a fire. You're welcome in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.